Hi listeners, welcome to episode 5 of Wonder Trekker, and I'm your host, Jess. This is a podcast of travel stories that explores mindfulness and transformation. I created this in hopes of thinking more intentionally about our travels and the positive impact we could make as individuals. In this episode, Kelvin reflects on how travel has helped him tolerate more bullshit in life. As he throws back to a volunteer mission trip in Vietnam, he shares his newfound perspective on travel that's genuinely good for the soul. But he hasn't quite settled on how to resolve that fleeting feeling of joy as it fades away after a trip. This is Kelvin's memory of his trip in Vietnam. Can you describe a little bit more, like... Okay, just close your eyes for one second. I'm not going to trick you, don't worry. Just close your eyes. Try to remember what it was like in that environment. Mm-hmm. What were certain, like, sounds or objects that you set, you saw or that you remember that reminds you of that place? So you mentioned that you, you saw farms. Yeah. Like, there were cows and... Okay. I have a picture in my head right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, w- right outside the school is actually a really long strip of dirt road. And both sides... The school, there's a little trail that leads to the... At the right side that mm-hmm. leads to the school. Mm-hmm. But um, other than the school, there's this trail... Um, both sides of it are like rice paddies. Oh, okay. And then ahead, ahead, you can see mountains from afar. And the weather is actually really nice. I actually have a photo for this. Okay. Oh, I can show you. Actually, tell me about yourself. I don't think I ever asked. Myself? Yeah. How do you? What? What do you? What do you usually say? Hi, I'm Kelvin. Oh, uh, in an interview? No. Uh, <laughs> I guess when you meet new people. Well, like, what I do don't you... know. They don't usually ask me tell you about yourself. What do What do you What do they say then? Something. I don't know. Like, depends on the context. If If so I it's meet, like casual. If I meet somebody in the back alley, they would say different things. Back alley. <laughs> Why would you go to the back alley? You think it's Batman? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're about to mug me. I'm just kidding. I hope that's not a but real life you, experience. If you want to know about me, um. Call me. I would <laughs> say, me, yeah. I'm sorry, that was really lame. Um, I don't know. Are you born in Hong Kong? Yeah, I am. Wait, is there, you put this on the air? Yeah, this is like the tell me about yourself part. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm born in Hong Kong. Um, I'm your little <laughs> same as you. Hey, don't tell the world. <laughs> We're the same age, so I'm like pretty old. Well, so is Jess. No, I barely know this guy. I'm not putting this on. <laughs> well, maybe people uh, like it. Sure. Wait, so the only time you were in Canada was uni then? You've yeah. been in Hong Kong for... Yeah, I'm actually not Canadian, contrary to a but lot of... But when people ask busy. you, do you, usually, do you usually get the, where are you from, and you say Hong Kong, they're like... Why is your English so good? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I get that in, a lot. Okay, in Canada, I get, oh, but your English is so good. And then I'll explain, yeah. I went to international school. Yeah. Okay. At one point, I've just been like, I've been exposed to the Canadian system. So, tell me about your, uh, actually, what does travel mean to you? It used to mean pay money and try to have fun, right? And at the same time, I think that still resonates with a lot of people, but like, when I think of travel like that, I actually don't travel. What are you doing then? Like, I actually, I'm like, I become a hoarder of my annual leaves. And I don't travel because, like, I feel like, oh, I'm having fun here in Hong Kong. I can, I motocross on weekends 
but I don't want to spend so much money for an air ticket and hotel. And then like, so I barely travel. But <clears throat> recently I did go travel. Okay. I went to Thailand. <laughs> I went to Thailand. No, I went to Koh somewhere. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really nice. Because we had hotel discounts with a couple of colleagues. Because you work at a hotel. Yeah, at a hotel chain. And so, like, yes, my mindset again was going there to... Have fun. Have fun, right? But then I was willing to go because, oh, I had hotel discounts. The air ticket's not that... Actually, it's pretty expensive, but mm. it was affordable. So I'm just like, fuck it. I haven't went for so long. Can we spare? Yeah. You can just keep it, right? Yeah, sure, sure. Or not. <laughs> or not, yeah. <laughs> and, and so I went, right? But then what I realized, like, when I came back to work, I realized... I mean, you might have realized this a long time ago, but I realized that, oh, actually my productivity and my and my thinking has become less distracted by everyday stuff. After traveling. Yeah, after traveling. So in a way, you get what I mean? It's like you're able to tolerate more BS uh, okay. before. But it's temporary. It is temporary. <laughs> Uh, that's the thing but then i see it now i see it more like an investment you know like going on a trip and then coming back to do i don't know a big project i think that really helps with productivity okay. like for reals right but then that's more it's still more of like an entertainment thing right like yeah it's not like you're going out to you know because like you know how for some people travel, it's it's like, you know why people take gap years? Like, oh, I want to discover myself. I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, I want this yeah. whole journey of like, No, I don't think I'm that advanced into right. like, to, about myself. It's, yeah. But you must have, like, have you ever had a trip that really spoke to you? Uh, yeah, I, I had a trip. It was a really different trip compared to all the other trips. This sure. trip was actually... So you remember how I used to go to church, right? Yeah. Like, back in the day. I mean, I still try to go now, but back then I, I, I was really involved and I went to a mission trip to Vietnam. What are mission trips? Sorry, I actually didn't know what it was until you told me because I'm not... Mission trips are basically... Okay, don't... It's like, it's not an aggressive type of trip. It's just basically try to spread the word of Jesus Christ. Like, okay. But it doesn't mean like, oh, get baptized or we're going to... You're going to hell. Not like that, but, you know, there's a lot of different ways. And frankly, the get baptized or you're going to hell way, I I think it's wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't force somebody. I mean, that for anything that drives people away from sure. Christianity. And so this mission trip was to Vietnam. And this town that we went, it was really close to the borders of China, right? Okay. What is that place called? Do you remember? No. <laughs> okay. Sure. But it's, it's, it's about two or or like a four hour drive from Hanoi so it's really remote it's pretty remote there's nothing there's like far, it's only farms and scooters and guest houses yeah it's a really it's actually a pretty poor area as well in terms of money wise right. so yeah we went there um we went to a school to do volunteer work uh so yeah, the trip spoke to me in a way that it was different because this time we're going to volunteer work, right? Mm. But the thing I realized is like those kids, at, at first glance, you would, since I, we're from Hong Kong, we're yeah. like, oh, you know, Hong Kong is a lot of, it's so advanced, you know, it's modern comparatively. 
Right. Um, compared to there, like, you know, we have iPhones, we have cars, we have public transport and street lights. Yeah. But, like, when I was there, there was nothing. But the, there was, like, nobody had an iPhone or nobody had, not even a computer or aircon. At most they had was a fan, like those electric fans. Sure. Um, so, yeah, but when I was there, you don't feel, you don't feel like you're sorry for them. Because they're, although they were um, poor, but like, you know, they, they look really happy. And honestly, like, I, I observe and what makes them happy is just, you know, one another. Like, you don't need, just makes me think, oh, I don't need an iPhone or a laptop. So it made you feel really materialistic. Yeah, definitely did. But I mean, like, what, we have security. I mean, that's, that's good. Mm. Like, we have. We have security. We have healthcare. We have stable electricity. Yeah, but in terms of social health, I think they have it. They really got something going over there. Like a really strong community. Yeah, strong community, and it's not based on material. You know, it's just based on knowing each other. Was it hard to say goodbye? Uh, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, we were there for five days, I think, okay. and we were just like building playgrounds. And then you know you get used to the smiles. You get used Aww. to the smile of like okay, we didn't we didn't speak any Vietnamese. They didn't speak any Chinese or English, but they just, you know, we communicate through sign language, but like all you, you can see just you can see that they're just happy. They're just happy people. That's cute. Yeah. They just smile at you and then you know, they try to tell you jokes in their own language, but you don't understand, but they smile and then you laugh at their smile and it just makes everything better. And yeah, and when like, we play games, it's not like we don't play video games. We we play like beanbags, soccer, so volleyball, yeah, that kind of thing, and even tag, just normal tag. It's yeah. just it's more it's really free compared to Hong Kong. It's like you always got to be life always has to be fast paced because it all comes down to how competitive you are, right? right. In this society, in this developed city, but there it's just like com competition isn't. Maybe not non-existent, but it's not a focus. Like you just, you just live your life as if you are. I think the word is just like relationships or like. So you were building bridges and, like you were helping. You were helping build things that were part of the school. Yeah, we we donated a playground, but the first part of it we had to construct it ourselves. So we poured concrete and then we we like set up the equip playground equipment. And yeah, it was fun. And the thing is, like, the kids started helping out too. Like, okay, those kids—they're—they are like about twelve or thirteen years old. But their their physical stature—is that how you say it? Stature, like their their physical bodies—they look like they're like seven or eight years old because they're really malnourished. Okay, maybe not not malnourished, but they just—they're just not very developed in terms of. They're they're not. They're not really skinny to an unhealthy okay. state, but you know they're just smaller and they look a lot. So when they when they started helping out the playground, we just feel like oh these kids, like they just don't they don't take things for granted because they started like the fact that they started helping means that you know they started taking ownership of their own playground. Like oh, you nice. could easily have a kid just be like oh you're building a playground okay I'll wait till Thanks. you guys are done and I'll go play with it. No, but then they started because they they're boarding school, right? They live there, 
five days a week and they're they start thinking okay it's my playground i should probably i'm going to contribute and they helped honestly they helped more than we did but how do how do these projects work like if you only go in for a week i don't think you can complete a playground in a week then what happens like do, do they have to wait till the next mission trip or they actually have people regularly working on uh, it? afterwards there would be regular workers that that we also donate the money for them uh, to hire. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Yep. Do you know if the playground's done? Yeah, it's done. How do you know? Um, I don't, but I assume it's done. Wow. <laughs> okay. It was pretty done when we left. I mean, they just needed, they probably just needed to paint or put up fences. So what, what was it? Like, was it like a basketball court that converts into like a volleyball court? No, it was more like, um, it looks more like a, an outdoor workout. Area. They're like monkey bars, okay? But oh. there are no slides or swings, but there are like bars where you could do pull-ups or do dips. That sounds really <laughs> advanced for kids. <gasps> Did you end up working out there? <laughs> oh, I ended up doing some pull-ups, oh my some chin-ups. Okay. I mean, everybody did. It was fun. And the kids too? The kids too. They have the strength? Yeah, and they're actually pretty light. I guess that's probably why they could do it. Yeah, well, if it's monkey bars, I guess, but not pull ups. Yeah, they're like monkeys. <laughs> do you think you want to do it again? Mm, why? Yeah. You're hesitating. Uh, <laughs> I'm hesitating because, well, personally, I'm not that involved in the church. One, I'm not that involved in the church anymore. Two is. Well, it doesn't have to be part of church, right? Like. Yeah. Two is, I don't know, once you sink back to Hong Kong life, you just become lethargic again. I mean, you can think, I can think back how nice it was, but I think I need something to get over this first barrier of wanting to do it again first, and then I probably won't regret it. Mm. You get what I mean? Maybe. Maybe. It's like, okay, I want water, right? I'm thirsty, but I'm not to the point where, like, oh... I could be bothered to get up and go pour myself a cup of water. Okay. <laughs> but every time I do pour myself a cup of water and drink it, I don't regret it. Isn't that kind of thing? Right. So, but, but like... It's good for your soul. Right. Like the trip. Sure. It was life-changing for the first three weeks when I got back to Hong Kong. Before you had life, like a new perspective on things? Yeah. I had a ton of new perspective. Like, I just feel like... I feel even more, I feel even more secure, I feel. It's like, I feel... Secure about what? Like, okay, if today I didn't have a phone or, or my computer, right, I right. felt like I could, oh, Survive. so what, you know, that kind of thing. And I felt like my, the pace of life, like, I started taking my time, walking, like, re just relax, you know? Like, enjoying a walk. Yeah, like, to even to the commute to work, when I walk to work, I'm just like, I used to go like, oh, shit, I, I don't want to be late, you know? Like, I, gotta, I walk real quick. Yeah. And then, and then, like, when I got back, it's just, like, down. yeah, I just, like, it's, it's more like a nice stroll to work. In the humidity, still. Yeah, still. Well, <laughs> Vietnam is kind of hot, too. Vietnam is kind of hot, but not as humid. Uh, I guess because we, we were inland. So after that, you got used to... Oh, yeah. You got used to the pace again. You kind of forgot about that. Yeah. You, like, three yeah. weeks later, it's just Hong Kong gets a better view. That's why I think... You know, it's more location specific. It's not like they're not in a disadvantage in terms of social. Well, in terms of security or economically, yeah, sure, right. or technologically, sure, but socially, I don't think they are. And I, I, I even 
think socially is mo- even more sometimes more important than economically maybe not security mm. but but it's almost like like you know you have this community to go through um these things with that it doesn't feel as bad yeah right okay if you were to sum up this like experience with like three words like what were the like how did it make you feel soothing yeah. uh, calming maybe calming it's better mm. And I think personal growth, it, it's good to know that I have, like, I now I know that I'm not any better with my iPhones and laptops than they are. So perspective is widened. Perspective, right. Perspective, yes. Third word. Yeah. Even though they're not adjectives, but I'll take it. Oh, did you say adjectives? I did, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm picky about it. I, it's I didn't read a lot at school, so... You didn't go to school, Kelvin. I know. I, I was homeschooled. <laughs> or I stole your notes. No. I don't even take notes. No, I'm kidding. So where are you traveling next? Nowhere. I'm going to near the Hong Kong-China border in a few hours. Because I'm going to go fix my bike soon. Right. Tell me about that. Oh. You're, what are you doing? Uh, what are you... So I just... I, I motocross as a hobby. Not any good, but... Um, motocross and there was a race about three weeks back and my bike was damaged from it so i had to go back and then the parts just came it's a few thousand hong kong dollars which sucks and then no sponsors here no sponsors no (laughs) this is not an advertisement if anybody wants to sponsor me (laughs) you know i'll just ask jess about my details but yeah so i bought those parts myself i had to go back and fix it otherwise i can't practice and there's going to be another race in september what happens in a race what's a motocross uh, motocross is a dirt bike race. So there's a dirt track. Um, you like it's dirt usually a lot, outdoors. Don't you? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm dirty. Ew. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that came off so weird. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> dirty Kelvin. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so what what is uh sorry, what what is what is what's motocross? Just and- think of like MotoGP, you know those you know those um it's just like a motorbike race, but around a dirt track where there are jumps and berms and. So you race for parts. skill and speed. Yeah, for skill, uh, for speed. Yeah. How fast do you go? Um, I think on a dirt track it looks fast, but actually it's just probably at most fifty or sixty kilometers. Especially because we have a really small track in Hong Kong. There's not a lot of space here. Like the fastest you could probably go is probably like sixty kilometers per hour before you have to start braking and go turn. Make the turn. Is it like one lap or you do a few laps? The race is like 15 laps or 20, 20 so laps. So how long does that take? 15, 15, 20 minutes a race. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But like other wow. places, like when there's mm-hmm. more space, there's like a lot of straights. Uh, I'm sure they could reach like 80 or 90 kilometers per hour. So and have like you... really huge jumps. Right. But Hong Kong jumps are like baby jumps. Sure. Have you traveled specifically to a place to do this kind of motocrossing? I wanted to. There's it's actually big every almost everywhere else in the world, but Hong Kong we have no space. Even China, mm-hmm. like I actually went to Foshan, and the track, the track comparatively is tiny to right. like Canada or Europe. Sure. But like it's already like three times or four times as big as Hong Kong's, and it was like really fun already. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you should make your next trip the motocross one. To China. Well, I don't know where. Like, where would you want to go next? I don't know. Anywhere I haven't planned. Any ideas? You want to come? No, I don't motocross, man. 
You can start. No, it's okay. I think I have other hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Kelvin. Let me know where you go next. Okay. okay remember to like, comment, and subscribe. And sponsor Kelvin for his and parts. Sponsor me. By the time this gets out, you probably would have probably bought like a second bike or something. Or yeah. Or just stopped biking. I'm oh, sorry. What's the what's the married verb? and have kids, huh? Motocrossing, right? Motocross without an R. It's M O T O, and then cross. So it's moto. It's not motor. Yeah, I, I've been saying moto. Oh, cross. I've been saying motor. <laughs> motor bike. Yeah, I know. That's the. How come you never corrected me? I've been saying motor cross the whole I time. I didn't bother to because you probably won't say the words anymore probably after not. I leave. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, it's, I learned. Like I will remember it's motto, mo moto. Moto. How do you say motto then? M O T T O. It's yeah. motto. That's moto. Motto. Okay, it doesn't really matter. Do you say process or process? Process. Oh, oh wait. Well, it depends on the context. Context. It's the same word. It's just it's just a pronunciation. Process. What's the process? Or I'm gonna process. Ah. Or I'm processing this. You know. Oh, I guess if it's a that. noun, then it's process. If it's a verb, it's process. For me. Do you say route or root? Uh. Route. I don't even know. I don't think I ever anymore. said route. I only said yeah, I've only been saying route all along. What about you? I, I think I say process and route. Process. Process. Route. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, Kelvin. Welcome. Have fun. Thanks. Oh, that was pretty good, actually. Really? I think we had a lot of good like. It's always such a joy catching up with a good friend. Thank you, Kelvin, for sharing such a personal story. And I'm sure we can all relate to the post-travel blues. As COVID reshapes our working modes where we have flexibility to work remotely, I wonder how that might change our relationship with travel from temporary escapes to something that's just a part of life. Thanks again for listening to Wander Trekker and tune in again for the next episode. Mm -hmm.